Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. All right, what can I help you with? Um, I am having trouble landing my first job in the industry. So. Okay, so what are you having trouble with exactly? Um, you know, I've applied to almost 500, if not over 500 jobs. And I'm really struggling with just landing interviews. I think out of 500 jobs I've only had or at job applications submitted, I've only been in maybe six or seven interviews. Uh, okay. So, yeah. How did those interviews go? Um, a few of them, I actually made it to the final round and, um, you know, they ended up going with a more experienced developer. And then the other ones I flopped somewhere in the, uh, the coding challenges. And one, they ended up, um, they were going to give me an offer and then they ended up changing the, the job description at the very end. So, mm. yeah, that's frustrating. It was man. All right. Um, I'm just going to ask, um, I guess a series of questions to try to figure out what might be holding you back. Um, since we only have, you know, 25 minutes, um, it's going to be condensed. Do you, do you prefer like a few job boards? Where are you finding your jobs to apply to? There is uh, one platform in particular that I've used a lot called Otta, O-T-T-A, and then just LinkedIn. I've tried Angie's List indeed, but I just get a lot of like weird spammy material from those, those, um, those platforms. Um, but most of my interviews have came from LinkedIn or Otta. LinkedIn or Otta. When you apply on LinkedIn, first mm -hmm. of all, are you applying directly on LinkedIn and Otta? Uh, so yes, but I'm preferring to go directly to the company's website. Good. Um, yeah. Exactly. So if they, if you can do that, mm -hmm. you always do that. Okay. Oh, so I, I'm actually asking. Sorry. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. I was like, definitely. Uh, that is what I prefer to do. I, I pretty much always go to the company website and then I'll go onto LinkedIn and I'll, I'll like look for the recruiters or some kind of management and I'll either connect with them, uh, with a note or I'll send them a message if that's possible being like, Hey, you know, my name is Mitch. I'm a talented front end developer. I recently applied to this position at your company. Um, if you come across my resume, please reach out. I'm just respectfully, you know, respectfully Mitch essentially. Um, and sometimes that's worked, but sometimes not. Okay. Um, I'm going to be candid. That sounds mm -hmm. like, uh, a, a templated me message that has like no value whatsoever. Okay. So first of all, you're doing something that most developers won't do. You're reaching out, you're taking that initiative. That's awesome. Um, but that, that message is so generic it's like a recruiter wants to bring someone on that like is really interested in the company and sometimes it's hard to like have a lot of interested in a company you just don't want to work for you're just trying to get a job like i get it um but finding something that you can relate to super helpful um and so i usually recommend like if you're applying to a position um i still people fight me tooth and nail to this day but like 
submit a cover letter. That cover letter should be no more than two paragraphs. If it's more than half a page as an entry-level developer, you're doing it wrong. The first paragraph shows that like you've, you've at least looked at what the company is, right? And you're like, okay, I get what you guys are doing. I get your goals. Um, and like, I, I really value this value that you set on your website or like um, your tech team actually mentioned something I'm really passionate about, accessibility. Like I've read the entire article. Like this was awesome. Like you should actually uh, look at one of my LinkedIn posts. I talked about it, right? That's um, it's a very relatable cover letter, and that makes it worth writing that cover letter. It's a very relatable follow-up message to a recruiter. That's a message worth reading for that recruiter. And so when you've applied for that many positions, you it's it's easy to just get into this rut of just like, okay. 15 more applications this week, 15 more, right? It's discouraging. It's, it's self-defeating. And I find that you're going to have to find a way. Actually, I'm just going to ask you, do you feel burned out from applying to positions? You know, I actually, um, I kind of haven't luckily I don't, but the, the answer is no, I don't feel burned out. I do feel discouraged, um, obviously, but luckily I have this indomitable spirit where I'm just like, I'm going to get this thing done. Uh, however, the results have been, you know, not where I want them to be. Um, I'm really just interested in making progress and I'm stuck mm -hmm. there. So anything, you know, to encourage me to keep fighting <laughs> would be helpful. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for you, first of all, because <laughs> I know after uh, that many positions, I would be discouraged. Um, and I think what I suggested will help you a lot. I think going for a more tactful approach can help. I also think that you are going about it with a cold application process. There are other strategies as well, usually more mm -hmm. effective strategies. If you've already taken that initiative to reach out to recruiters, maybe you'd be open to them. But um, I'm going to mention a few things like you can participate in hackathons, especially in your local community. They could be online as well, but like make sure the hackathons have recruiters coming in, looking at the projects. So you can get a project up quickly. Um, and it's a it's a valuable project. You're working on a team. Try not to step on each other's toes. Hackathons are really powerful in that sense. You can also go to networking meetups. You can go to developer meetups. Usually any sort of meetup that doesn't charge you. I mean, I, it depends. You just got to be wary of um, networking meetups that charge you. But like if a meetup has a networking type event, but it has like a topic or it has a lecture and then like you get together and do something like create something or you know what I mean? Like going to meetups like that, that's powerful. Do you feel like you've really um, taken that initiative with networking focus? You know, I, I have not. I, I would say I, that is something I am, I am not doing to the full potential. Okay. Um, yeah. that's so, yeah, I mean, the real is, this is, it's tough. And I just told the last person this, um, we're, we're heading deeper into a recession. The market sucks. It, it like, and the thing is a lot of what you're doing, it might be right. And it's just, it's really hard to stand out going forward. Mm. Networking is going to be key. 100% networking you have to push forward with it yeah. um so i think taking that initiative will help and one thing i want you to remember when you create a connection with an other aspiring developer because a lot of people are like i would need to network with hiring managers no you don't meet other aspiring developers similar interests right they get hired what does that company do before they put up a public job posting they ask the team hey 
we got to bring in 10 more developers, right? You guys recommend anything or anyone? Um, who would you recommend? And a lot of times they kind of just want to bring in someone that's going to vibe with the team. Good cultural fit. You vibe with that person. Chances are, you know, you might vibe with the team. And so a lot of it is just like doing what you can to reduce that risk that the company sees you as because every employee is a risk. Um, and one way you could do that is um, ensuring or giving more confidence that you could potentially be a, a good cultural fit. So um, have some other ideas, but I, I know I just said a lot. So what are your thoughts on that? I actually think that's a, a really good uh, perspective. You know, I did write down like goals for 2023 and, you know, landing that job is just like the bigger picture, but inside of that networking and hackathons um, are, are on that list of things that I want to do. So this is just uh, some sort of inspirational confirmation for me. I would okay. love, um, this is what I'm going to do. You know, you've inspired me. Okay, for good. sure. Yeah. Um, let's challenge, um, let's challenge your projects and how you're showcasing yourself. So uh, a lot of times I don't think, I would say like one out of 50 developers where I look at the resume, the resume is actually like high quality and very impressive mm -hmm. to a hiring manager um, at an entry level. I think a lot of people screw the resume portion up. So I don't think I have enough time to like manage the screen sharing and set that up. But can you go ahead and describe like what's on your resume? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I have that right here. Um, so on my resume, I've kind of went with a skills first type um, presentation. Perfect. And then right under my skills, I have certifications, a little bit of work experience. I've actually done some freelance, um, some freelance work. And then I have my notable projects and just a little bit of education. Gotcha. So your freelance work, your experience is going to go above your education stuff, your education at the bottom. It's less relevant unless you got something I, like if you're aiming for like heavy backend positions, you got something like an AWS certification or. No, but I do. I just have a boot camp uh, cert and a backend meta. Uh, from Coursera. Um, and then just like a bunch of random front end certifications from like Code Academy and Udemy and stuff like that. It's probably taking up a lot of space on your resume, huh? It actually isn't. I I um I just put multiple front end certifications and then under I under that it just says Code Academy, you know, like the Oxford comma, Udemy, et cetera. And then just the dates that I was teaching myself to program. It's actually very clean, very neat, all on one page. Um, and I think it's the best version of the resume that i have yet okay i would say yeah what percentage height wise does your projects your personal projects take up percentage height wise? oh so the notable projects only take up like eight eight lines total um i don't know how to describe that percentage wise i would say maybe i could just say like one third maybe slightly less one third slightly less. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like a full, a uh, few, first of all, apologize for this. I, I would probably ask for the resume with like your details scrambled out. So that's why I'm not having you share it. Um, but so how, like, okay. How much time each day are you spending on just trying to become a developer? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so currently I'm uh, unemployed. Um, so I've been able to really focus on my skills and I have a schedule where I apply to jobs every other day. And then, um, my typical schedule is going to be like 6am. I do some coding challenges and then I move on to, uh, uh, projects that I'm working on, um, including 
uh, maybe projects that I'm uh, contributing to. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next day I'll include some sort of application process in there, which takes about an hour to two hours. Um, and I can typically bang out with, like we mentioned, I'm kind of just templating out these resumes. I could probably do like, you know, 10 or 15 uh, job applications in those, those two hours. Ah, I don't know how you do that. I couldn't do that. That almost feels like you're still templating out. I am. Yeah. As we mentioned, yeah, that's, I think we're going to move away from that. (laughs) So I would aim for no more than 15 a week. Okay. I think you are applying for way too many positions and we talked about this, but what that tells me, it's like, yeah, you're kind of just spitting out your resume to as many companies as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. In like an eight hour day, let's say an eight hour day, how many hours are you dedicated towards actual project work? Not coding challenges, project work. Project work. Um, uh, It's got to be like four hours, maybe, maybe slightly more sometimes. It's a good amount. I appreciate that. Um, So you're keeping up with the project work. Uh, What project are you working on right now? Uh, I'm currently just fooling around with... um, uh, get, fetching APIs and react and making like little projects that I can put on my portfolio. Um, so like right now I'm accessing like a drink API, um, a cocktail API, and I'm basically using TypeScript react and, um, just trying to make something interactable on like say code sandbox and then present that into my portfolio just to make, just to show people that I know these technologies and, and what have you. Gotcha. Are you yeah. apply? Are you mainly focused on front end positions? Uh, yeah, I've decided to specialize um, when I'm applying to jobs. I got caught up in this mindset where I thought maybe more was better, and in reality, I was struggling with um, some of these technical interviews because I was just doing too many other mm-hmm. things. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm a really good front end engineer. That's kind of what I'm naturally geared towards. I'm just going to be that. <laughs> so yeah. that's good. That's good that you recognize that. That's very perceptive. Um, I feel like like the ratio... So you're doing coding challenges. You're getting a little bit more comfortable with data structures and algorithms. You're mm-hmm. doing a little bit of applications each day. And we talked about those applications are going to be a little bit more tactful going forward. Um, yeah. the, you're doing a lot of project work. You're keeping up with that. That's And, you know, like having that... It's very shallow, but having that GitHub tree green as green as possible and showing consistency right because like you know a developer that has that maybe codes like once a week or something like that it's it's, frankly they're just going to look less attractive like there's going to be more questions in the employer's mind whether that they're like ready to go they're going to be in this for the long haul um so it's a very shallow thing to look at but they can look at other things like okay you built some projects let's look at your github when were these commits done um like, let's look at a long history of this person. And do they really want to code? Because we don't want to hire someone that's just a career transition or looking for more money. And like, uh, we can hire someone that actually cares and has a passion for coding that also wants that. Right. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of employers are just, it's just a giant risk assessment. They don't want to hire the wrong person. Um, I think the project work is good. It sounds like the most recent project that you're working on. It's good to, practice that it's good to showcase your skills as a front-end developer you want to interact with different apis and if you can um if you could do something with that data to create a meaningful app with that data that's different 
that's powerful. But it's also um, it's also kind of a it's a low value project in the sense like you're just building projects to showcase your skills. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell, I have no idea what you care about in front end. Do you feel like your projects actually showcase like the types of problems you want to solve? No, I think not at all. I think I've been using this to show my skills and not necessarily my passion. And I'm a very passionate person about this. About what specifically? Um, I think that I just fell in love with, with, uh, programming and building things. I'm a builder by nature. I was a, I was a construction manager for a long time. And, um, a buddy of mine who I was just, I didn't want to be in that career anymore. I was like, you know, this is just not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And this was like four or five years ago. And a buddy of mine who was working uh, at Oculus at the time was like, Hey man, try coding. And lo and behold, I was like, you know, ever since that first hello world, man, I was just hooked. Um, and I'm interested in building things that people can interact with. Uh, so that's really, I just love it. I like learning these skills. I would wake up at four 30 in the morning program until like, you know, seven head to work. And I was a manager. So I was there for like 10 hours. I would meal prep on Sundays, come home and just program rinse, you know, repeat for four years, you know, and finally I'm unemployed and this is the iron's hot, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> got a strike. And I love this. This is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some people like people like me, I want to build specific tools. Mm. There are other people that really, really love talking about the architecture of their React app and why it's superior, why they think this is scalable. There are some people that want to build a gamified experience on the front end that's very interactive and it makes the user feel good good or it solves the problem in a way that like it reminds them of like playing video games as a child and you get that reward system and you get that dopamine hit it's like sounds nice (laughs) yeah it does right and so as you specialize in front end i think that's a great strategy if you want to have a back end you can use some external service like superbase or firestore it's like just you know uh, Firestore is a non-relational database. Uh, Superbase mm-hmm. is a relational database model, I believe. Uh, but like, you can add more complexity to your apps, right? If you want to build like a full CRUD project, if that's the type of problem you're solving, which it doesn't have to be. But with front end, it's like, you know, I I don't know much about you, Mitchell. Do you have like a like if I'm a hiring manager, do you have a or a recruiter even like? do you just have a bunch of templated projects that showcase technical skills that a hundred other applicants have, or do you showcase how passionate of a builder you are in talking about, like maybe you posted a LinkedIn article and you're just like, this project was like really fun. And I struggled, I struggled for like three days on this uh, Mm. really frustrating JavaScript library. Um, But it built, it was a drag and drop library. I'm talking about myself, by the way, it was a drag and drop library that I brought into my project. I could build this like educational, uh, learning platform for children. And I finally like in, you're probably going to word it in a different way, but like, do you provide that transparency of that passion of that interest? Or are you just throwing your resume to with a bunch of templates to employers? You know, I think before the bootcamp, I was, um, building, passion projects. And I was like really more engaged in like what my end goal was with this project. And then after the bootcamp, I think I've just been so focused on getting a job 
that I'm forgetting to be, that I'm forgetting to have something more meaningful behind what I'm doing to showcase that passion. Uh, if that makes sense. I think you've caught me red handed. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And what you just said, I'm telling you that that's powerful. That's going to make you stand out. And I can promise you, you're not alone, especially mm-hmm. going deeper into 2023. A lot of people are just, they're just trying to get a job at this point. And sometimes that passion can die a little bit. And I, then, then the mistakes happen. Then people start weaning back on how much project work they do. They start panicking because they have a financial situation. They have bills coming up and it's like, then life just, you know, life is life. And you, now you have to deal with life. Yeah. And so you have to find a way for that interest, for who you are as a person and what you can contribute and what you can bring onto a team and who you are as a person. Do you even, do I want to work with you as a developer? Like, show me that. Right. Mm. The more you can do that, whether it's writing a LinkedIn article, whether it's creating a project that's just like blows, uh, that's just like super relatable to an employer. Maybe you focus, you, you talked about like, I was very, um, I was very strict with my day. I'd wake up, I would do this, I'd go work out, I'd eat, and then I'd code. And like, you, you have a very strict schedule and you're like, habits are really important. I've learned a lot of things about habits, right? And then you go and you build maybe like a habit tracker or something like that. Um, And you use that project that's very relatable to companies that care about mental health, that care about progress, like fitness companies, focus companies, right? So now you can create projects that showcase something that you're interested in. It solves your problems or it solves other people's problems. And it's very relatable in the sense that you probably built some features that this company is now using. Right. And so this is where it's like you can't just build a bunch of applications that's relatable to everyone. You don't no one has the time of the day to do that. So you have to focus on a project. You're like, this is fun to build. And you have to think about, like, what companies are actually going to care about this? What industries are going to care about what I'm building? Um, and sometimes again, it's not about the product idea, or the project idea. Sometimes it's you exposing your transparency, your process as a developer, your interest in being a builder, right? And maybe that translates into you like you really care about structuring an app and making it scalable or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think the more you at least try to refocus on that just a little bit, mm-hmm. I think you're going to stand out. But again, you can't just do that and continue the route you're going. You have to provide transparency, a window into people seeing that. And so networking, like we talked about, that can happen. You can talk about projects. You can talk about what you're interested in. You could do it at these networking events. You can do it through hackathons. That's also another window. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) So I know we're always limited with time, but um, do you feel like that gave you some tangible advice going forward? Most definitely. I also think it helped me refocus, um, like the, the, the aim in, um, like making the connection behind the, the work that I'm doing. Right. Because they're not just hiring someone who can do something. They're hiring like an entire person behind that skill. And I need to be relatable for these people. And they need to know what I'm passionate about, which in some regards is more valuable than the skills itself. Sometimes, you know, Will I fit in this culture? Do I have something meaningful to offer this company and this team? Right. It is. You have to have a certain technical proficiency, depending on like what they're looking at. But a lot of people do. And so when you do what stands out, it's 
you, Mitchell, who you are as a person, the type of developer that I'm going to be working with day to day. Like, yeah, you're on the right page with that. So, uh, all right, cool. Well, you know, feel free to, you know, you're welcome to stop into any live stream. Let us know how you're doing. That's what some people do. But, uh, Mitchell, it was nice to meet you. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it was a pleasure, and I really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I'm inspired, man. Just